into a season and an area with Jesus Christ like never before that we have to be firm in here to make it. We have to decide that. We have to decide that. And, and I'll tell you something God spoke to me to share to somebody um, that was powerful. It actually helped me. It set me free. But it's, God told me, he said, you need to tell them that a mind made up is a mindset free. And it, it got me because I was like, man, God, there's some things that I don't even think my mind's made up in you. And you're asking me to share that. And so it, it checked my heart. It checked my mind to say, God, I want to have a made up mind. I want to have a made up mind so that I can find true freedom in you. True freedom and who you are. Amen? Amen. So we've been talking about last week was powerful. We had a worship service that just went over, and I love when God does that because he can have his way. It's his, this is his house. I'm his house, and it's his, it's his rules. <laughs> so we're going to go by them. Amen? But I also believe that God knows the word of God that he gives to us and also wants that to go out and be spoken into hearts. And so what we had for last week, God is pouring out this week. And, I, and it's actually going to be a two-part uh, message that will go into next week. And so we're excited about that. But today's um, name of the message is called Max Headroom. Max Headroom. Some of you might know who this uh, character is, and some of you might not. Um, it was actually a character that came into the 80s and then went into the early 90s. And uh, his name was Max Headroom. He was actually a, uh, a, supposed to be like a television announcer or whatever. And he was supposed to be like the first... Um, what was it, CG? Like he was the first that he glitched when he talked because computerized wasn't just made or carried out. If you want to check it out, check it out. But um, it hit me when I was thinking about him and we've been all about the 90s theme and God began to speak to me about this statement, Max Headroom. And, and I began to think about, you know, have you ever heard somebody say that I'm maxed out? I'm maxed out. I've hit my max. I pushed myself to the max, right? How about I'm stressed to the max? You've heard people say that, right? I've hit, there's not, what does that mean? That means there's no more room. You've hit your what? Your limit. You've hit your limit. I can't take no more. Any mamas in this room ever felt like that with your kids? Give me an amen. Amen. I've hit my limit. <laughs> Mama's done. I'm stressed out to the max. How many times have you maybe said that to yourself? I'm stressed to the max because of maybe the workload you have and maybe finances or maybe um, it could be, you know, your car's having trouble or your kids could be struggling or your family could be struggling or maybe, you know, you've had things happen in your life that just cause extra stress, right? And you can find yourself feeling so overwhelmed that you're stressed to the max. You're like, God, I know many times I've even said, I can't take one more thing. Please, God, I can't, I mean, I'm honored that you think I'm that cool, but I would really feel okay if I wasn't the cool kid right now. Like, I don't want to be the one that you think can handle it right now because I, I, I really think I've had enough. How many of you have ever been there? I've had enough, God. I can't take no more. I'm stressed to the max. I've seen this happen before. You know, when people work out, I've seen that they literally push themselves to the point that their body can't take it. Like they push themselves to the max. And I'm gonna tell on myself because, so Brandon's like, 
do you want to go to the gym with me? And, and, and I work out. I work out every day. But there's just things that I don't do that he does. And he's like, you want to work out? And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, let's go. Let's go to the gym. And I lift weights and different things like that, but just not like he does because he's been to the gym with Steven and he's been to the gym with Calvin and, you know, now he's like stoked and I'm like, but I'm not that. You know, my mind would try to tell me that I can't do it. And what's funny is we were in the gym yesterday and I've had some struggles with my elbows every once in a while with just the nerves being pinched in between there and we were lifting and he was like we're gonna do 21s and I was like okay what's, what's 21s he's like just sit down and he showed me all these different moves with your arms and I'm sitting down and I start moving and and just just being honest we get to the hammer curls right here this arm went up but this arm didn't want to go nowhere and literally I was like I lifted, and this arm literally came up, and this arm, I was like, something's wrong. Like, my brain's not calculating to my arm what I'm supposed to be doing right here. And I, I, had, I only had 15 pounds in my hands, and this arm was just like, nope, ain't happening. And I was like, I can't do it. And he looked at me, he goes, yes, you can. And I was like, I really don't want to. And he's like, well, you can. So I start moving and I end up doing it and move my arm. But the point of it was, is my body was telling me I'm maxed out. I don't want to do it. I'm pushed to the limit. You can't do no more. That, that was what my mind was literally telling my body. And so my arm was just like, nope, I'm not moving. I don't want to go anywhere. And literally, that's what happens in ourselves is that when we get to a point of our max capacity, our max headroom in, in our minds, we get to that limit to where we just tell God, nope, I'm not moving no more. Nope, I can't do it. I know you're telling me to move, and I see you telling me to do something, and I know that you think I can do it, but I can't do it. And he's going, yes, you can. You can do it. And you're like, uh-uh. Do you see this? It, it's not happening. It's not happening. And then I felt more of an idiot because I, like, see everybody else around me, and I'm like, can we just be done? <laughs> like, because I feel like everybody's staring at me when they weren't. You know, and most of the time, everybody just stares at them, themselves in the mirrors <laughs> when you look at the gym. You know, nobody's paying attention to you. But the fact of it is, is that when we get to a point of being maxed out is to reach the limit of something. It's to reach the threshold where no further progress or achievement can be made. And I think sometimes in our minds spiritually we tell ourselves that, that we've reached our limit. There's no further progress that can be made. I can't go any further, God. You know, this is just who I am. This is just what's going on in my life. And I can't go further. I think there are many of us that live our lives feeling maxed out. It's as we've reached that spot of max headroom. We become physically exhausted, we become mentally exhausted, and spiritually, because in the flesh, we place great limitations to what we can do and how far we can go. Our flesh will always place limitations on how much you can do and how far you can go, because it does not want you to exceed anything that's great. It wants you to stay in a place of complacency and, and lackadaisicalness and, and just staying in laziness. It wants you to stay in a place of just, this is where I am and it's good. How many of you have ever seen when you drive, like you go to the car wash, 
or you go like um, through drive-throughs, how many of you recognize the max headroom signs that are put above there, right? You notice them, you pay attention to them. Most of us don't really think about them though because we don't have vehicles that are that high that go through drive-throughs or car washes, right? I mean, unless you are a semi-truck driver trying to get through Taco Bell right here off Lafayette, I don't really think that you really, you know, think about it. You just drive through the drive-through. It's no big deal to you. When we see these signs posted that read Max Headroom, they have two sets of numbers, one in meters and on the other side, one in feet. And do you realize that these are actually warning signs displayed to let the driver know exactly the exact height of the vehicle that can go through there to clear it before anything happens. Even on bridges over the highway, there's max headroom signs for whether semis can clear that and go underneath it, right? It's a set limitation that is placed on anyone going through that area. It's a limit. It's telling you if you are this high, this tall, this much, you cannot go through here. Do any of you ever feel like that in life right now? I, I'm at that point, I just can't go through here. I can't make it, I, 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 it's too much for me. I'm not at that capacity, I've hit my max, I can't go any farther. The word headroom means the amount of clearance or headway you may have, it's the space for movement. And max is the maximum amount or setting at the most to reach or cause to reach limit of capacity. I've come to ask you today, are you maxed out? Do you feel that you've reached your max headroom in your life? Have you reached the full capacity of where you can go? Do you have a sign today that's posted in your mind that tells the Holy Spirit, this is as far as you can go? This is the limit. This is the max headroom. This is the only space that I have in my mind to think how far you can go. So I have this sign posted internally in my mind and in my heart that tells the Holy Spirit, uh, you can't go any farther. You're, you're, you're capped off. You're capped off. You can't, go, you can't go past this because this is as far as I can go. I can't go any further. And I believe we all naturally place limits on the Holy Spirit in our lives when our minds are led by our flesh. When our minds are led by our flesh, we place limits on the Holy Spirit and the way we think. We place a cap on him because we cannot think beyond our own certain limitations. We can't think past what we know we can't do. You know what this is called? It's called small-mindedness. To be small-minded means having strong opinions and refusing to consider new or different ideas. Having strong opinions and refusing to consider new or different ideas. Two weeks ago when we talked about double-mindedness and how God desires to take us from being mind-blown to blowing our minds. But in order for God to do that, to blow our minds, we have to transition from small-mindedness and tear down the max headroom signs so that God can get through. If you really want God to do a new thing in your mind, you have to take the limits off. You have to take those limitations off your mind. You have to be willing to allow him to tear it down and move past it. When you limit yourself, you limit the ability of God to move through you. When you limit yourself, you limit the ability of God to move through you. Your body and your minds are the vehicles 
that God uses to travel this world, to share his gospel and do what he needs to do. But if you have such a limitation, you'll only go so far to do what he's asked you, but you'll never reach the full capacity of what he's called you to do. Our limitations in our mind set us to a point that we just can't fathom that God could do something so great through us. It's time we turn off the internal GPS system. Right? Because when I turn on my GPS system, it's because I've put the destination in there and I'm telling it where I want it to go so it can tell me how to get there. How many times do we treat God like that? Now, God, I want to tell you where I want to go and this is the destination that I want to make, but you need to tell me how to get there. I need you to give me all the answers and for you to open all the doors so I can get where I want to go. So let me just, you know, pray a little prayer and give you my text message through prayer and let you know, God, this is where I want to go so you can turn it on, you know, because God, you're my GPS system, but I, I can't let you tell me where I'm headed because I have to control the situation because I only have so many limits in my life that I can reach to and I can't see beyond that fact. So God, I'm just, I need you to take me where I want to go. How many of you in this room remember atlases or know how to read maps? Right? You want to know why we don't anymore? Because they don't really even teach it in school anymore. They don't talk about that anymore. You want to know why? Because we have Siri and Alexa and Google and all different kinds of things that can tell us how to get where we need to go and what we need to do. And if you don't know how to do something, use YouTube. It'll tell you everything. They said texting and driving was bad. Yeah, right? You do. You do. Most of the time, I, 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 Brandon and I were talking that when we got married, our very first vacation, which was our honeymoon, <laughs> we were driving in an old Nissan pickup truck down Rodeo Drive. <laughs> a huge atlas. With a huge atlas in our hands telling us where the 101 met the one so that we could get on the freeway to get where we needed to go. There was no, oh, there was no Google directions or Siri or nothing at that time. There was, there was not a thing. We had Those flip phones. We had the Nokia battery phones, like the big pack, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm telling you what, but it was the most fun to just like literally look and try to figure out how to go and read things. But the, the problem of it is, is we've gotten so used to just putting in what we want to do and where we want to go and, and everything in the world bending to what our direction is that we treat God that way. We treat God that way, and maybe that's why it's such a struggle for us to read this map right here. This Bible is your roadmap through life. You need it, and you need to know how to read it. And if you don't know how, guess what? That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have people that are mentors or leaders or people that you have as good friends that can help teach you how to read the Word of God. That's why I love what they're doing in the back. Guess what? We're teaching them how to read the best map that they'll ever know to get through life. You don't need Siri or Alexa to tell you what God's been saying all along. You don't need it. You don't need it to confirm anything. You just need to follow God. It's totally different with him. You want to know why? Because he wants to tell you where he wants you to go. And sometimes he says, now just follow me. Maybe blindfolded and have fun. We'll get you there. 
And we don't like that. You want to know why? Because nobody likes to follow the leader if you can't lead. Right? It's an old saying my dad used to say to me, too many Indians and not enough chiefs. <laughs> right? Or many, too many chiefs and not enough Indians. I just totally said that backwards. If my dad watches this, he's going to crack up and say, Jen, you totally screwed that up. And I'm going to say, yes, I did, Dad. Because you can tell I probably was not listening at that moment. That's what's sad. But in reality, that's the factor of it. You know what I'm saying? We, we have too many people that want to be in charge. We have too many people that want to take the lead. Right? We have too many people that want to just be the leader and be followed. Because everybody knows how to do it. And your way is always right. Even for God. And God's saying, hey, just, just put the GPS away and, and follow me. Just put it away. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Right? Proverbs 16, 9 says it this way. The mind of man's plans, the mind of man plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I can just uh, see God doing this where I'm trying to tell him what I want to do. And he's like, okay, okay, Jen, I'm going to appease you. But psych, we're not going that way. We're not doing that. You can try all the way, but guess what? You cannot make God do anything that he does not want to do. He's not like that. I will tell you, God is one parent that is not a pushover. And he will stand his ground. And he is one parent that will teach you tough love. Proverbs 16, 1 through 3 says it this way. We humans make plans, but the Lord has the final word. We may think we know what is right. But the Lord is the judge of our motives. Share your plans with the Lord and you will succeed. Share them. That doesn't mean tell him that he has to do it. Boss him around. It says just share him. Share with him the plans that you have. Let him know the things that you'd like to do. Do you know God really cares to give you the desires of your heart as long as you give him every bit of it? Every bit of what you have. But the problem of it is, is we've got this, this max headroom sign on our heads of our spirit that try to tell us this is our limits. This is how far we can go. This is what you can do, God. I'm putting a cap on how much further you can take me because I don't really trust you to take me there. I don't really believe that you can do it. Even though I'm not going to say that out loud, in my mind, I think it. I'm at my max headroom. You ever had God take you somewhere or do something completely crazy and you feel stressed to the max because you're like, what in the world are you doing? I'm freaking out here, God. Like, I can't do this. And he's like, I know. I know you can't. But I can. Our plans may be great, but when it's only our way or the highway, we limit ourselves to small-mindedness. Small-mindedness. You'll never do anything new when you think that what you have has got to get all going on. When you live at a state of max headroom in your mind and lives, you refuse the new thing God is trying to do. You refuse it. You know what's funny? is When you live in that place of small-mindedness and max headroom, that state of like, I can't take no more, what, what kills me is what we do as humans is we will stand here and we're going, God, I want the new 
thing. I want you to do the new thing in me. But in reality, we're saying, uh-uh, you ain't going past there. I want the new thing, but I don't. I want you to do it in me, but I don't. And you can do it in me if you do it this way and this way and this way and this way. Oh, and can you throw this in, God? I'd really like a new car. Can you throw that in there? You know what I'm saying? We have all these stipulations, which are limitations we place on the Holy Spirit to move in our, room, in our rooms of our heart. Saying you want something and meaning it is completely different. I can tell God all day long, I want you to do the new thing in me, but if I don't mean it, it's never going to happen. And sometimes we wonder why our prayers aren't being answered, and it could just be because you are in the way. You might be the reason they're not being answered because you haven't given God the ability to have room to take care of what he needs. You can't go to God with tight-handed prayers. Why, why most of the time does he, we talk about lifting our hands and surrendering and having our hands open? Because guess what? I can't hold tight to something when my hand is completely open. But when I go to God like this, I'm going to continually play in a, in a battle of tug of war in the spirit, in my mind, with God wanting to have my way and bear down. And then I wonder why I'm exhausted and I'm worn out and I'm weary. Just do me a favor. Can you put your hand out like this? Just put your fist, put your fist. And on the count of three, we're going to open. One, two, three. It's that easy. Just like that. You're going, oh, you're just telling me it's that easy. Well, it is that easy to let go. It's not that easy to continue to not pick it up. I'm not saying that. But it is that easy just to go, okay, I, God, you can have it. But then the battle is right here where you're like, oh, 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 oh. I didn't meet. I, I got to hold that. That's my security. That's my limits. That's all I know. That's what I know I can, you can do in me, and that's where I know I am. So that's the point that God wants to do is he wants to take the max headroom sign off of your spirit and off of your life, and he wants to have the ability to have full control with everything that's put in your hands. Because what does it say? We know the song from when we were little, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you it. He's got the whole what? World in his Simple dialogue right there. It's in his hands. It's his job. Small-mindedness keeps you in a state of routine and religion with God instead of a place of relationship and rhythm. Small-mindedness keeps you in a state of routine and religion with God instead of a place of relationship and rhythm. Routines are great until you get stuck in a rut. They're great. You can have the greatest routine of your life, but I mean, good grief. Would you like to change it up? Let, let, me, let me ask anybody. I can, I can look at you, Stephen, and say if you did the same thing over and over and over every day, but you never changed it up, would you see change? No. Routines are great with God. I go on Sunday, and I'm a good girl, and I read my Bible every day, and that's it, God. Now, routines are great until you get stuck in a rut. You're not going to see change until you go to that next place, that next step. Why am I not growing, God? Maybe because you're just stuck doing the same thing over and over. You know what the definition of that is? Insanity. You're doing the same thing over and over and over again, wanting a different result, and you'll never get it. 
Religion is good until you get so caught up in pleasing God with your works that you miss out on knowing who he truly is and what he wants for your life. Religion is good until, you know, it's all just about what you do for God instead of who he is in you. But relationship is coming to a place where you realize you can't earn what you've already been given. It's a place of accepting his love and giving, your ba- giving yours back to him. It's accepting his love and giving yours back to him. And it's not because you get anything from it. It's simply because of who he is. You give it back because of who he is. Rhythm in life allows God to set the pace and the direction. Without this, your life is just noise. Relationship and rhythm cultivate the melody in life that we live by. When I allow God to set the rhythm of my relationship with him, I alleviate the stress of managing my limitations. When I allow God to set the rhythm and the pace and the direction of my relationship, guess what I do? I alleviate the stress of control. I don't have to handle it. It's on him. And you know what's awesome about it? Is I can't look back at God and be like, man, God, you messed up. He doesn't mess up. He doesn't fail. He doesn't make mistakes. What's awesome is I know I'm putting it in somebody's hands who will always benefit what needs to be done in my life and make it better and grow it stronger. It doesn't mean it won't be harder. It doesn't mean I won't go through hard knocks. It doesn't mean I won't go through trials. It doesn't mean I won't have things happen in my life that are very severely traumatic in my life. But it does mean that God will get me where I need to be as long as I give him control. I want to tell you this today, your limitations, we all have limitations. We all do. Every single one of us have different limitations in our lives. And I believe those limitations sometimes change with seasons that we go through. But the fact of it is, is that your limitations don't have to be God's. Your limitations don't have to be God's. I know a scripture that says, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. I don't know what that word means to you, but it means not one thing is impossible with God. No matter how much you think you know, God always knows better. Our desire to prove ourselves to us and everyone else around us, including God, keeps us in a state of max headroom. Your desire to prove yourself to yourself and to everyone else around you and then feel like you have to prove yourself to God to earn something keeps you in a state of limitation in max headroom. Can I, can I tell you something today? Can, you just, can we take the limits off our minds? Can we just do that? Psalms 37, 3 through 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust also in him, and he will do it. So as I was thinking about this and what God was speaking to me about Max Headroom, he began to speak to me through, and I I asked her if it was okay because, honestly, I don't like to just embarrass my kids, you know what I'm saying, because my kids make mistakes, and honestly, if you want to know the factor, I probably make more mistakes than any of them in the house. I mess up. 
Because, you know, I'm the mom, and I think I know what's supposed to be done. But the fact of it is, there's oftentimes I have to look at my kids and say, I am so sorry. I was wrong. I did not know that. And I need to apologize because I just got in trouble from God because you knew what you were talking about, and I didn't. But we were driving one day, and Nevaeh, my oldest, is getting ready to turn 16 in eight days. Eight days. That, it makes me sick. I'm not clapping. I already threw up. It's weird. It's weird. But it's also fun. Like, it's weird, but it's fun because, you know, like, I can go now and be like, okay, girls, we're going to go to the store. And I'm not like, get out of the clothes rack. Quit hiding from me. I'm like, hey, what do you like? I like that, too. Do you like that? That's pretty cool. Until we get to the, I don't like that, Mom. Then it's like. Oh, sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know style. Like, you know it. Forgive me. But the thing of it is, is that we enjoy it. But as we were, you know, she's had her permit and she's learning to drive. And now they, you know, have to go through all these things. And she doesn't get her license until she's 16 and three months. So don't worry. She has till June. So don't freak out. Okay? Actually, she's a great driver. She does a really good job. And, uh, and, and I love it. But we've been talking to her about something, and, and so I want to give an example of something that happened um, when she was driving. So we get up early one morning, and we have to go to the eye doctor. Um, we have to be there by 10.30 so that Jada can have her eye therapy, and then at 11, Bea has to be at work, so we have to take Jada to the eye therapy center, and then we have to drive Bea to work, and then we have to drive back from work to pick. This is my life. <laughs> and so... Bea, we said, Bea, you're going to drive because you have to get your hours in. If you don't have your hours, they will not give you your license, right? And she's like, okay. So it was raining outside, and we're like, you're going to drive anyways. You're going to figure it out. And I'd rather you learn how to drive in the rain when I'm in the car than when I'm not. She gets in the car, and, well, actually, she doesn't get in the car. We go out, and she's like, I don't want to drive today. And I said, I didn't ask. You're driving. I don't want to drive today. I said, I'm not listening. You're driving. You're going to get your driver's license, period. You're going to drive so you can take everybody else somewhere and I don't have to. You're driving. <laughs> so she's frustrated now. And, and she hates that. We're, we're mean parents. Like, we make jokes when our kids are frustrated. We should probably reread the scripture that says, do not provoke your children to exasperation but you know sometimes you know okay it's wrong but the fact of it is is it's funny so here we are we're in there and she's frustrated she, she goes out to the car and she's like I'm not driving so she thinks because she's going out before me and slides out that you know she doesn't have to drive because I have to be stuck locking the door and I turn around and she sees and everybody's in the car and dad's in the back seat driving I said yeah so I hurried up and rushed around got in the car and sat down and I said you're driving we have to go and guess what we got to be there on time so you need to get your butt in the seat and put your foot on the pedal and she's like I don't want to drive well where are we going we're going to the eye doctor well I don't know how to get there and I said we 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 we, we go there twice a week well, I just don't know. And now it's raining and I don't know how to get there. And I don't want to go. I don't want to. 
dad, this is all your fault. And I'm like, hey, it's not mom, so it's no big deal. I was just sitting in the back seat. <laughs> because you want to know why it was dad's fault. His dad got in the back seat and she didn't realize she wasn't even paying attention. And what's funny is our car windows aren't even tinted. And she walked around and tried to open the door and dad went. So she gets in and we start driving that way. And I'm like, Bea, tell me what road we're on. Well, I know where we on, we're on here, but where is it at? I said, it's on Ohio. How do you get to Ohio? I don't know, Mom. I mean, she's just got her mind in this panic of like, I can't figure it out. You ever get to that place where you are at your max headroom with God and the things that you know you automatically don't know when you get to a place where it's just like I'm in a freak out mode? Like, I know that God's faithful. I know that he's true. He's always provided. He's always done what he's done. Oh, my God, God, I can't pay this bill, and I have all this happen, and my car broke down, and my washer broke down, and I don't know how to provide, and I don't know how to make this, and I've had a budget cut at work, and he's going, did I not pay help you last time? Did I not take care of you? If you've been faithful to me, I'm faithful to you. Right? You already know it, but we get in this mode of, like, I'm freaking out. Yeah, yeah, shut down, shut, press F1. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't work like that in our minds. And so she starts driving, and we get there, and we get to Ohio. She calms down. She calms down. I can't say that. And she drives great. She doesn't let it, like, get past her. Once she finally figures out to remember to turn the wipers on, we drive great. And we go, and You're driving home. we're literally driving, and we get to Ohio, and it says road closed. <laughs> and of course, being the amazing, awesome parents we are, what do I do? We did laugh. Yes, you're right. We did laugh. And then, well, I don't know where to go. And we said, figure it out. Figure it out. What are you going to do? I don't know. Well, you're going to not turn right because the road's closed, so you're going to figure it out. So we drive all the way around, and then we look, and we realize that at that spot, people are still, she, she notices people are still going in and being able to park on the side of the road. You just can't go through to the traffic where the doctor's office is. And she's like, well, I don't know how to parallel park. And I'm like, honey, the space is open. Just pull in right there. And it'll be okay. I, we know you don't know fully parallel parking right yet. I'm, we're not going to make you do something that you don't know. Because I would have to pay to fix the car. <laughs> but the fact of it is, is that she pulls in and gets there. And then we drop Jada off and get everything done. And she gets to work and she's all calmed down. And we said, Bea, you have to know we're, we're just trying to prepare you so that, so that you can do this on your own. We're just, we're just trying to teach you some things. And I know you don't like it when we're not telling you the answers and we're telling you to figure it out. That's because we trust in you enough to know that you know what you know. And you know the truth and you know how to do it. And we want to believe and know that you're ready because there is no way. I don't care if you have your license. It can set pretty in your pocket till I know you know how to drive and get where you're going and you can do great and you can park and you can do all that things but if you don't know where you're going when 911 calls and you get in a wreck and you're like I can't tell you where I'm at I'm just freaking out it don't work like that you gotta have a calm head on your shoulder but the only way to do that is to take the limits off your mind and know that you can go beyond your capacity and teach yourself new things and that your parents can teach you new things so God broke that down and real quick I want to give you just a couple things. Number one, she didn't want to drive in the first place. 
right? She didn't want to drive in the first place. She even walked around to the car to try to get in where dad sat in the driver's seat. But dad was already sitting in the back seat. And God said, when living in Max headroom space, you'll always look for detours to go your own way. But you know what's funny? Is God gets the final say whether you like it or not. You're the only one limiting your ability in God. You. Number two, she set herself up to fail before even beginning because she didn't know how to get there, nor gave herself the opportunity to stop and think about it before she got there. This is what I'm telling you. God began to speak to me. He said, Max Headroom will tell you you can't before you even start. Max Headroom will be that limitation that will say you can't. And I heard something one time, actually it was on my little workout app and it said, I opened it up and it said, whether you can or you can't is right. Whether you think you can or you can't is right because you limit yourself. If you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, you won't. But you know what's funny? Is God wants us to get to the point that even when we think we can't, that we're okay with that. Because guess what? You're right. He can. He can. We have to trust in him to get us to where we're going. Flesh can take you only as far as flesh can go. But spirit can take you higher and farther than you've ever imagined. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. They're higher. Number three. She was set in a routine of only going one way instead of seeing the bigger picture of all the other ways to get there. And like I said, routines are good until it becomes the only way that you will ever do anything and never allow change. With God, there's always more, there's always bigger, and there's always better. Can you say that? With God, there's always more, there's always bigger, and there's always better. True. Always. So when you think that you've hit your limit and nothing can get better, guess what, guys? With God, there's always more, there's always bigger, and there's always better. If one door closes, guess what? There's always more, there's always bigger, there's always better. Always. Number four, she wanted to shut out the voice of her dad and I telling her she could do it and get there. That's what small-mindedness does. Small-mindedness tells you that only the way you know how is all you have room for. Your way is the only way. But she had to be willing to listen to new directions. Proverbs 19, 20 through 21 says, Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Following God's directions are the only way to take the limits off your life. And the last thing that she had to do, number six, is she had to be determined to not let the road signs, the road closed signs, keep her from her destination. Just because you see a road closed sign doesn't mean God isn't already up to something opening a new route. 
Just because in your mind all you see is road closed, that I can't get there, that it's, there's nothing else to do, doesn't mean God hasn't already prepared a new way for you to get to where he's planned. Guess what? God doesn't change his mind. His promises are the same yesterday, today, and forever. The things that he has set for you from the very beginning that he had when he knew you in your mother's womb are the th same things he knows for you today when you are 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. If you are breathing, he's not done yet, and he's not finished with you yet and the fact of it is is if you allow your life to be trusted in him you may see a door closed and a road closed today but you might see a new path tomorrow you have to trust but the only way you can do that is to take these limits off the world will keep you at max headroom but God will blow your mind Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Today will spring forward. Somebody in this room needs to hear me. Today is your day to spring forward. Today is your day to move forward. Today is your day to take the cap off and allow God to have his way. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. We thought, I thought I was supposed to preach this last Sunday, but I believe I was supposed to preach it today on Spring Forward because God wants you to take a leap of faith and trust in him. Take the limits off. And God said this, submission leads to destination. It wasn't until Nevaeh submitted to listen that she got to her right destination. She had to listen, number one, to the voice of the Father, but remember that voice of the things that had been said to her long ago. She had to remember the voice of what God had said in her mind. And the only way she could do that was by quit going by her limitations of what she didn't know and follow who she knew and what she knew. If I want to get where God wants me to go, I must be willing to submit to his authority and direction he wants to take. I cannot be aware of the new if I'm stuck on rules and regulations of where I am now and how I've always done it. To develop new things in our lives, we must take the max headroom sign off our hearts, off our minds in order to make room for what he desires. True relationship with God places higher value on his opinion than ours. Let me ask you a question. Do you value God's opinion more than your own? Do you? Do you value it more than your own? Have we limited his ability to move us because we're afraid? Afraid of, to try something new. Afraid to give up control. Afraid to say we were wrong. Afraid to say someone may know better than we do. Afraid that we may not be ready to go where he wants us to, to take us. Afraid of what others might think. Afraid that we just might like where we're heading and feel guilty about it. Afraid of letting go of everything you know. Again, I will say this again. What limits you does not limit God. What limits you does not limit God. But your inability to take the limits off gives him an inability to fully move to the capacity that he needs to. Quit capping God. Quit capping the Holy Spirit. 
want to tell you this. You can stand with me. I know everybody's tired, but go ahead and stand. Let's just get the, just like we do in kids, let's get the, get the, you know, let's get ourselves just kind of up and at it. If you're one who's been saying, you know, God, I want you to do something new in me. I want you to do something more in my life. I, I believe there's more. Are, is anybody in this room, no matter what age you're at, do you believe there's more that God still has in store for you? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Yeah, right? We believe it. If you believe it, then he wants to tell you this. You cannot get more of what you don't make room for. He can't pour in. Just like he says in the scripture, you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. They'll burst. Well, guess what? You ever felt like you've had a headache so bad that your mind was exploding? Like you've been at a point? Well, guess what? That's what we feel when God is trying to pour new things in us. And we keep trying to do it the same way that we want to do it. And he's saying, get out of the way so I can give you the new. The way you think determines the way you feel. The way you feel determines the actions you take. The actions you take determine the direction of your path and the direction of your path sets your destination. If you don't like where you're headed, change the pattern. If you don't like where you're going, change the pattern. Change the pattern of your thoughts. Change the pattern. Change it. Well, I don't know how. I don't know how. Guess what? You change the pattern by letting go of control. That pattern has gotten you nowhere. And maybe it's gotten you a little bit somewhere because you know God's given you gifts and talents and let you slide by this far. But you know what? He is a, um, he is a righteous God. And he wants the glory. It's not for you. It's not for you. He wants the glory. He wants the world to know that through you, he did great things. And it's in him and by him and through him that you could do it. That's what he wants people to know. This only comes, this right here, only comes from fully submitting ourselves to God and our thoughts. And if you want life to be easier, just follow God's lead. I said easier. I didn't mean like perfect and wonderful and so great because, you know, we're Christians and we love Jesus and nothing ever goes wrong. That's just a messed up view of God because his word also says that in this life you will face trials of many kinds. But those trials and those things will grow your faith and help make you stronger. When my head is cleared for his presence, he clears my path. When my head is cleared for his presence, he clears my path. Psalm 16, 7 through 11 says, The wise counsel God gives when I am awake is confirmed by my sleeping heart. Day and night, I'll stick with God. I've got a good thing going, and I'm not letting go. I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in. I'm firmly formed. You canceled my ticket to hell, and that's not my destination. Somebody better say hallelujah. Now you've got my feet on the life path. Oh, 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 wait. It wasn't just, God, I give my heart to you, and yay. 
No, that's awesome. But now you've got my feet on the life path, all radiant from the shining of your face. Ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. Ever since you took my what? My hand. You're on. I'm on the right way. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it without, without God. I, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way, right? Like, let, let, let's, let's go like this. So, Misi, come here for a second. You can come up this way. I done, like, crushed all my cough drops, stepping on them. So, like, if my arm was like it was yesterday, and I, I was like trying to take your hand, but I was like, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, it doesn't work. I, yeah, I'm smacking you with it. Like, I'm like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Or if I go like this and I'm like, hey, hold my hand. Hey, hey, hold my hand. Hey, hey, hold my hand. I want you to take, well, you just take my hand. And you're like, you done crazy. <laughs> You done lost it. I can't, I, you can't, I can't take your hand and you can't take mine. But when I go like this, the only way I can do it, it was with an open hand and an open heart willing for you to do so. And God is saying the same thing. He said, if you have an open hand and an open heart and an open mind, I can do great and mighty things through you. He's trying to, do, do, do you see this? It's so simple, yet we make it so hard and we're walking around like this. We're flailing ourselves around in a freak-out moment because we have to have control of what God's doing in our lives. And he's saying, just, just take my hand. You'll be on the right path when you do that. Just take my hand. And you know what that means? That doesn't mean I'm going, now no, no, you're God right now. That doesn't mean I'm going like this. Okay, follow, God, follow me. Like, follow me. He's going, uh-uh, you follow my lead. Just, just follow my lead. And you're like, okay. I'm just going to follow your lead. Now, I know not all of us are just like, okay, because we're in reality. I know my spirit is like, I don't want to. <laughs> but guess what? I still, I, I didn't, I don't let go, and I still follow where God wants. It's just this simple. It's this simple. But our minds complicate the relationship we have with God. Take the limits off of what the world is trying to tell you today about your relationship with God and who you are and who he is and what you have to do. And just be with him in this place and allow him to do great and mighty things in you. Can you do that? Can we, can we at least try to? Can we try to do that? Because God wants to do a new thing in your mind. So, uh, so, so repeat after me real quick. I cannot... Have more of what I don't make room for. If you make room for the world, you'll get it. If you make room for God, you'll get it. You'll get it. Amen? Yeah, what, what you got? Go, go ahead. First off, uh, for you that don't know me, my name is Brandon. Just with an O in instead of an E in. Uh, and uh, everything that she's just been saying in this moment has been <laughs> talking directly to me. In a way that is just mind boggling. It's, it's truly mind boggling that in about over two years ago, just a little bit over two years ago, I tried to end my own life. 
I, I took a handful of pills. And because of the gracious and merciful God that we serve, he saved and saved my life. For a reason, I still have yet to find out. But I know that like she's saying, we have to take a cap off of the Holy Spirit and we cannot hold him. We cannot hold him in the bondage that we hold ourselves in. We have to let him speak through us. And all I can say is that some way he, he expanded my bladder to a point that isn't what they didn't think was physically possible. And I laid in a bed for almost two days in complete darkness with nothing, no light, nothing. And you want to know what I did? I still didn't turn to God. I still didn't turn to God. And you know what he did? He just let me live my life the way that I currently lived it. And he just allowed the devil to beat me and beat me and beat me until the point of where I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was going to do the same exact thing. But then I, I got down on my knees and I told him, I said, you know what? My life isn't mine anymore and it's all yours. And you know what he did? He changed it. He completely changed my life into a point that everything made sense. Every second, every day, he will get you to a point of where you're just kind of like, oh, you know what, I don't really know what, what's going on. But he's just kind of like, hey, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. He's like, you got to open your hand, just like she said. And that's what I was doing over there. She's talking about fidgeting, throwing your arms, throwing your arms. And I'm just sitting there kind of fidgeting, rubbing my legs like, man. I don't, I don't know, I, don't, I, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I'm like, oh, everything that she's saying is literally exactly what I need to be doing. So I was like, all right, I got to get up here and I got to tell people. And I can tell you right now that I'm a sinner. I've sinned my life. I can tell you there's times where I've sat there and I've cussed God. I've done everything that he commanded me not to. Everything. And I, and I know that I do not serve his grace his grace and his mercy, his mercy at all. But you want to know something? He gives it to me anyways. Because he loves us in a way that we just cannot imagine. We can't. Our minds can't wrap, we just can't wrap our minds around it. But I can tell you what, when I walk into this room, when I'm in this church, his presence is in here. He loves all of us. Every single one of us, no more than the other. And I'm going to tell you, if you are ever in a dark place, he is there right next to you. He just wants you so bad. <laughs> He's got his arms open, guys. You just got to just gotta go to him. Just give in to him. So I, that's, that's all I have. I mean, that's just a little bit of my testimony, but... Anybody that's fighting this, fighting suicide at all, I'm going to tell you what, I will help whatever I can, but I'm going to give all the glory to him. Because this isn't me. Nothing of this is me. This is all him. All him. And I just, all I can say is just give it to him. Kneel, get rid of the pride, and stop being stuck in your shame. Your shame is... <laughs> It's just a pebble. It's a pebble to what God can do. God can move mountains. A pebble? We can move pebbles. 
God can, God can move the earth. He can do anything. But you just got to let him. But I'm giving this all to the glory of God because it's his. It's all his. It's all his. So. Powerful. And you know what, Brandon, what I love that you said was that just give in to God. Just give in. Just give in. It's okay to give in. It's okay to give in. Don't give in to temptation. Give in to God. Give in. Give in. I want to pray over you just for a moment. And for any of you that you know, you're standing at your chair and you know that you felt that way. If you, and like we said, you don't need an altar call. I didn't got to tell you that these altars are open or you can move to come and spend time with God. Guess what that's doing? Still putting a limit on it. Well, if she doesn't open them or he doesn't say so, then I can't move. Uh, excuse me, but I thought this was just a building and you were the church. And I thought God said that if you can really move. Now, there's order to things. I get that. But when you come to want to seek God's face, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get in your way of that. This, it's, it's open. He wants you just like that. You know what I'm saying? Like there are moments and I know Brandon doesn't just do that. I know that's not you to just be like, I have something to say because, you know, we all can have something to say. But when you know that the spirit of God is really prompting you to do that, he wanted you all to know that just give in to me. Just give in. Just give in. So Jesus, right now, today, we declare God that we choose to give in to you. We choose to quit giving in to the world's way, quit giving in to routine, quit giving in to the rules and the religious, you know, manners of thinking we have to do it such and such way, God. We quit giving in, God, to how we think we know it. We quit giving in to control. We quit giving in to our mindset. We quit giving in to being in our max headroom, God. And we take the limits off and we give in to you. It's all yours. Every bit of who we are. It's yours, God, today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. Because guess what, God? Every day we have to get up and give in to you. Because that old flesh wants to creep up and tell us, oh, you want to control this today. Oh, you want to you wanna direct this today. And God says, just give in one more time. So when you get up in the morning, God, when we get up in the morning, we give in to you. You have your way, and you direct our lives. We take the limits off, Jesus. In your name, amen and amen. We're going to sing a song real quick. And if you are finished uh, today and you believe, you know, you need to go, I understand that. Nobody's making you stay. Nobody's making you leave. But all I'm saying is that we are just glad that you're here because he's glad you're here because you make the body of Christ. You make it up.